RadioInfluence.com. Welcome, everybody, back to episode four of the Corporate Tea Podcast. And I'm super excited today because one of my nearest and dearest friends is going to be on the podcast today. But it's not just about friendship. It's also about the amazing things she's done in her career. And more importantly, we're going to talk about the intersection of an excellent career and rest. And I think um, she is the perfect person to have this conversation with. So before I uh, you know, bring her on so we can spill all the tea, I want to first read her bio so you know who she is and you know that I don't bring anyone on this show that is not you know, certified excellent. So first of all, Kalia Guillory is a certified sleep expert and a and the creative mind behind the nap bar. As a previous C-level executive, she knows a thing or two about handling stress. Nap bar, the first white glove self-care napping experience in the world, offers communities and companies on-site in-suite rest sanctuaries to help reduce sleep deprivation and increase productivity. Napbar's mission is to turn sustainable rest into sustainable productivity for not only health conscious professionals, entrepreneurs, and stay at home parents and travelers, but sports venues, airports, and corporations. Kalia has been featured in a plethora of national publications, not limited to Forbes and Essence. In addition, um, her philanthropy work in the community through her foundation and even in the city of Houston, Mayor Sylvester Turner um, declared October 29th as Kalia O'Gillery Day. So we talking about true boss moves today. So welcome everybody to the show. Kalia Guillory, my friend. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, dance break. Dance break. Hey, hey, hey. You know, I like a good little dance. Oh, listen. Oh. <laughs> now you see why we are friends because we are so silly. I'm so excited to have you. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me to be on your incredible podcast so I can spill all the tea. <laughs> so I read your bio, but I feel like it's important for us to set the stage and for you to kind of share your background and history. You know, you've had a tremendous career all the way up to executive ranks. Um, But over the last few years, you've pivoted and you really focused in on wellness and rest. And I I think it's such a unique career. It's like, I don't want to spill out the tea. I'll let you talk about, you know, really what adversities you faced and, and really what your career looked like and how it got you to here. Oh my gosh, do we have enough time? <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, it really all started it started in corporate America, right? I from an adversity standpoint, I found myself as a black woman who happens to be lesbian in this room filled of pale stale male. I'm gonna just call it what it is. And and I was always the one that, because this is ingrained in us, right? You have to work harder. You have to go farther. You have to go faster. You have to be the last one to leave, last, first one in the office, last one to leave the office. And I didn't know it, Tony, but at the time, I was beyond sleep deprived like beyond sleep deprived because I was working 85 plus hours a week. I was traveling 75% of the time. My territory included the entire footprint of Wells Fargo. So on a, on a Monday morning, I was catching the first flight out to San Fran. It would be nothing for me to fly literally across country to make a meeting 
on Wednesday evening in, in New York and then fly back to Houston Thursday night and get home in the wee hours in the morning on Friday. And I did that on rinse and repeat for years. And one day I woke up and I realized that I was not excited about going to work anymore. I was not excited about the work that I was doing. Uh, I, although I loved my team, I just, I was at the intersection where my contribution no longer met my satisfaction. And as I continued to chew on that and think through it and process it, it hit me one morning, the next morning actually. And what hit me was, hey, you're not operating in your divine purpose. And the reason why I know this for a fact is because I had spent so much time focused on getting to the next rung on the ladder. Okay, when I get to that next rung and I add another zero to my salary and I get another week of vacay and I get that yeah. title that I've been working for, I will feel fulfilled. I will be sacrificed. I will, I will feel satisfied. And I was like, ah, I didn't feel it. So then I got to the next rung on the ladder. Same situation. And finally, when I got halfway through the ladder, I realized your ladder is leaning against the wrong building. Right. So, literally. And so I had to take said ladder, drag it away from said building and lean it against a building that had my name on it, because that is the only way that I will be able to truly understand and, and, and live out my why which is to allow generational curses to die with my parents and I will birth a generation of wealth, innovation. It, I mean, all the things that we want. And notice I didn't say anything about currency because I feel like if we can tackle innovation and integrity and charity, then the wealth will come. Come on, somebody, right? And you know what I, and it's so crazy. I mean, we're aligned, we're friends, we're true prayer partners. We're, you know, our energy is connected in a much deeper way. But I, one of the things that I think is important um, about this storyline, and while I thought it was so important to have you on, is because, you know, starting out really as a career coach, right? When I first started my career, you know, I was really helping the corporate team was about helping people navigate and climb. Right. And right. now really pivoted my mission to um, really a career contentment. Right. Because that journey is going to be different for everyone. So to your point around your ladder leaning against the wrong building and your ladder, you moving your leader, your ladder to lean into a building that was built by you, right, is important. Now, that journey may be different for everyone. That's not to say that, totally. you know, entrepreneurship is for everyone. But I think that we have more um, autonomy than we believe we have in our careers, right? So you, you set all of these things up for us. Now, let's talk about how do you take such a tremendous executive career and end up... <laughs> In naps, right? I mean, playing in naps is your is your. Talk. How do you go from this amazing career and deciding, okay, I really want to do this work. I want to wake up and love the work I do, and I want to do this work, and I want to do it for myself. But I'm gonna do it based in naps and sleep and all those things. Tell us how we got to the nap bar. I mean, because I've been slaying naps. <laughs> but, you know, the, the really how I got here is because I have been an avid napper my entire life. Like when, when the kind of, facts, yes. you know this for a fact. And the thing is, I've been an avid napper since kindergarten. So when the teacher said, hey, kids, go and get your red and blue mat. I was a kid she didn't have to fight with. I got my mat. I knew where I was going and I was out. She had to tap me to wake me up. And then that was it. 
And I have been an avid napper my entire life. I played basketball in high school. I went to I went to college on a basketball scholarship. And quite honestly, napping and 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 learning the art of power napping in college is the reason why I graduated on time. I kept my scholarship. I graduated with a GPA. Like it was all the things. I just didn't know that it was because I was taking consistent naps. And one day I. I was in a car with my then wife, my now ex-wife, and we were carpooling into the city because we both were corporateurs, which means we had one foot in corporate America, the other foot in entrepreneurship, and we lived out in the burbs. So when we needed to come into the city, we carpooled. And it was around 2 33 o'clock in the afternoon. And I looked at her, she was looking at me, and I was thinking, I was she was like, Why are you staring at me? I was like, Well, it's my nap time and you're in the car, and that's gonna be kind of awkward. I just like I don't know what to do with this. She said, Well, Google naps in Houston. And I'm sure there's a place. This is Houston, it's an innovative city. Surely there's a place where you could pop in and take a nap. And I was thinking, like, yeah, hey, I'm not trying to go to a, one of those motels. I'm trying to go to like a place that's curated just for naps. 30 seconds later, no such a thing existed. It existed across the pond. So yes and go was a thing in, in European countries, but not here. And I looked at her with just this huge disappointment. I was like, can you believe Houston doesn't have said thing? And she looked at me and she said, well, you should create it. And I was like, ah, no one's going to pay me to take naps. And I'm thinking back in my head, like, how many naps would I have to generate to pay my mortgage every month? How many naps? I mean, I'm already thinking about this. When you first told me about this, I was like, what are you talking about, Kay? Are you crazy? Yeah, I was like, I'm not paying you to take a nap. <laughs> right? Right. Right. And so that okay. night I couldn't sleep because like the, the the sexiness of the idea, the unlimited possibilities of the idea kept me, just kept me up. Middle of the night, I go into the office and I'm starting to research, just doing a massive amount of research. And then I came across this stat that changed and shift the trajectory of my next career move. And it was by NASA. NASA did a study on sleeping military pilots and astronauts, and they found that a 26-minute nap improved productivity by up to 34% and alertness by 54%. I literally jumped up in the middle of the night. The dog was in there with me. She was looking at me like, are we ready to go to bed now? And I was like, I figured it out. I figured it out. And so the next day, I went on Facebook, and I even created a poll in, in, in the Mu Iota, not the Mu Iota, the, uh, the Deltas list that's got like 57,000 people in it on Facebook. And I said, hey, how many professionals out here taking naps on your lunch break, sneaking in your car, unused conference rooms, whatever? People were like, 99.9% of my people said I am. And I said, huh, okay. How many of y'all would go to a place that's on-site or off-site if it was a safe haven for you to rest? I would. I literally created my business plan based on surveys and polls because I knew from a business acumen that from banking, if I'm going to set out to, to start a business, I have to solve a massive problem, not just for me, but for the masses. And so that's it. That's how we came to, we're going to solve a 411 billion, I'm saying B with a, I'm saying billion with a B, billion dollar U.S. economic loss due to sleep deprivation. So- right. I, 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 we're we're working on a cure for sleep deprivation one nap at a time. I mean, listen, that's our social listen, impact. right? Facts, right? I think that you know productivity is the bottom line, right? Like how that's it. And I think we're even seeing this with you know how long have we been saying the way in which we work, particularly in the U.S., is not not only productive but not healthy, and then all of a sudden here comes COVID. <laughs> Oh boy. Right. So this is proof. So what do you think about in the midst of COVID 
now all of these companies switching the way in which they work? Yeah, you know, they, they have to. They have to, because at the end of the day, even people are still struggling with the with the thought of working remotely. I still have friends that I'm in Houston. The running joke is that we never really closed down, but there's there are friends that I have that have gone back into the office, and there are some who wanted to go back into the office because everybody isn't built to work remotely. But some people realize that they were built to work remotely. So I think the ideology behind it, and you hit on something really key, Tony, and it was the productivity piece of it and how can this impact your bottom line. Well, Harvard Business Review came out with a white paper not too long ago, and they found that the average company, the, the, the loss generated per employee due to lack of productivity is $1,967 per employee. Annualize that if you got 20,000 yeah. employees, that's nearly $40 million. If you simply just take a million dollars out of that budget, hire that bar on site, and we come in and curate rest sanctuaries, provide programming, all the things, we just gave you a $38, $39 million add to your bottom line. Because yeah. wellness is taking place. Wellness is the thing. And what people don't realize is that we are coming out of a global pandemic a year and a half later, and we haven't even seen the trends yet. But studies have already predicted by the, by the holidays, people's wellness is going to be in a worse state than it was when they compared it to the Great Recession. So a lot of us were still working during the Great Recession. I was in banking during the Great Recession. I remember what that feels like. And so if they're going to compare that feeling to what we're going to experience in Q4 2021, we have got to be proactive and start thinking about wellness in the workplace that translates into wellness at home. Because let's just be honest about it. Millennials are, are next up in line. They are the next up for right. our C-level and running the C-suite. And we know just based on the research that we've done here at NAPBAR, that millennials are, they pride themselves in work-life balance, meaning that spirituality yeah. comes first above Anything, not spirituality, I'm sorry. Wellness comes before anything, and then next is spirituality, and then is next family, and then is work. So, I mean, there's a lot to be solved on, but I found that those progressive companies, they are already are early adopters and they're ahead of the game. Yeah. And I think that's so important that we, that we, I have to go back and frame this portion that, you know, millennials, as the workforce is changing and millennials rise to C-level ranks, that they are now saying, like, we don't want to work like we work, you know, our, we watched our grandparents and our parents work because we realized that there was no benefit to that other than the exchange in their life, right, in, in terms of totally. years lost, right? Um, and so when you think about the intersection of that with diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, particularly for marginalized groups, how have you seen um, wellness and the importance of wellness and, and thriving careers intersect with, with this conversation around something as simple as sleep and rest? Oh my gosh, it, it's <laughs> such a great question. I'm happy you asked because what I found, especially in BIPOCs, right, that we still haven't truly given ourselves permission to rest. Because we grew up in a culture and a society where we saw our parents go to work when they were sick, even though they had call out days. Like I, my mother, for example, she worked 33 years at the same company. And when she retired, forced to retire, she had only called off eight times. Wow. How does that even happen? And, and, and How does you know what's work? so crazy about that is a lot of our parents were very proud about that. Like it was like a perfect attendance award. 
Right. And, 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 and that's and that's what I'm up to do. I'm here to demystify this braggadocious culture of, oh, I'm operating on two hours of sleep and I got this done. I hit my deadline and I'm sleep when I sleep. I'm grind till I, I sleep when I'm dead and I grind till I fall. That is enslaved mentality because rest is our reparation. Rest is our birthright. Rest is our human right. And so for us to have to reverse engineer and reverse our mindset and shift it to a way to where we can give ourselves permission to pause, to take a wellness day, to do the things that we need to do. That's that's really what I'm after. That's my mission. That's my social impact is for everybody, but especially people. Because here's the reality, right? For for BIPOCs, our ancestors, for me, this is my why, part two, we're told when they can rest. And so I created rest sanctuaries for us to rest when we choose to on demand. Yeah. But what I quickly understood is that we just don't choose to do so. Yeah. And here's the thing, so. like, you're right, because like you made me a believer. I, I said at the beginning of this call, like when you first told me this and I'm a dear friend, I was like, I ain't paying you to take no nap. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I don't do yoga. I felt like I was paying people to fall asleep. And, you know, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I felt like I was paying people to, to, even with yoga, I felt like I was paying people to take a nap. And I remember um, I did a yoga course with a, a coach live during COVID. And I was telling her this thinking like, you know, I was being funny. I was like, you know, I, I don't want to do yoga. I'm not great at yoga. Plus, you know, I feel like I'm paying people to take a nap. And she simply said to me, she was like, if you fall asleep during yoga, then that is your body's way of communicating to you that you have, there's a lack of rest. And so yep. the issue is not whether or not you can do yoga, but the, 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 the issue is whether or not you're listening to your body. So she sort of repositioned this whole thing, right? Which was like, you're the problem, ma'am. Not, not <laughs> right? <laughs> and so I have to tell the story. So um, Kalia did this pop-up um, partnership with one of the largest malls in Houston. And she did um, uh, an exhibit pop-up. I don't know what the proper term for it is. You probably do. And I flew into Houston, um, mainly to support her in the nap bar, but, um, you know, I did not know what the heck a nap bar was. Okay. I've not seen a nap bar. I was like, girl, you are crazy. Nobody's paying you to take a nap. I can take a nap at my house. Right. I get there and it's this cool pop-up. It has all these cute slogans on the wall, like, you know, slanging naps and this cool apparel and she had partnered with, um, um, what was it? Who was it? William Sonoma. William Sonoma. And all of this lush, um, fabric to nap on. And then each of the curated rooms were named after someone y'all know I had to sleep in the Beyonce, um, (laughs) room. And I go in here and I was determined to be right. I'm not falling asleep. Okay. Y'all, I was beat. My whole face was beat. I had makeup. And you know, I'm one of those people like when I go to sleep, I got to have a clean face. I have to wash. I have like a whole ritual in order for me to like turn my mind off. So she has this customized DJ who's created like sleep waves and she, you put these headphones on and she's like, hi, I'm the DJ. And she has <laughs> going on and I'm like not falling asleep. 
This is not going to happen. I'm not falling asleep, okay? So I'm listening to the lady, and then all of a sudden, it's like white noise and all these groovy tunes come on. Next thing you know, I'm sure if they recorded it, I was like hard snoring, okay? Hard snoring. I woke up, it was like drool, half my makeup was gone. I had put on comfy nap bar pajamas. It was, it was it. And I came out and I was like, yo, you are on to something. In fact, I bought a gift card and gifted it to someone after that, that I felt like needed some rest and really just to thank them for them to be able to come in and and experience it. So I am 100% a believer in this. And I agree with you 100%. People of color oftentimes don't rest the way that we should. What would be, you know, your number one encourager if someone is listening to this and they're like, you know, they're a confused about what true rest is, right? Because we're not necessarily people get sleep, right? Right. So they're confused about that. And then the other piece of this is, um, they just feel like they don't have time. Like my life is busy. I have kids. I have a husband. I have you know, a, you know, spouse, wife, whatever. I have all these things going on and I just don't have time for a nap. Um, talk about what is something you would encourage us to do to center ourselves and rest. Absolutely. Such a great question. And I would say the first part of it is, is that rest, like you said, isn't necessarily about sleep, right? We need seven to nine, per the CDC, we need seven to nine hours of sleep a night. And if I could get nerdy just for one second, this hopefully will help folks who are who are those type of processors. When you take a rest or you nap, studies have already shown that you improve your life expectancy by up to just simply taking a rest or a nap two, three times a year. Harvard Business Review said that you improve your life expectancy for up to five years. So for all those mothers, fathers, grandparents, whoever, you got kids, you want to be around, simply take a nap. If you want to boost your your immune system, you take a nap. You want to reduce the the chances of cardiovascular disease, take a nap. That COVID-5, that COVID-10 that some of us are still trying to get off, you want to regulate your weight, naps have already scientifically been proven to help regulate your weight. So I don't have to go there, but from a brain perspective, when you sleep at night, when you're getting the seven to nine hours, sound hours that are suggested. Now, there's some caveats to that because some people might need six. Some people might need nine and a half. You just got to figure out your role or just figure out what you need. But your brain, literally, you're giving your brain a chance to download the memories of the day. So when someone says, I haven't slept in like 24 hours, if you ask like, what did you eat for breakfast yesterday? They probably won't be able to remember because their brain didn't get the opportunity to download the memories of the day. Also, whenever you sleep, the toxins in your body, they wash out of your body and it's a chance to repair the brain cells in your in your brain. Like, we need this for mental acuity. So anytime folks are sluggish and they say, I got brain fog, I always, in my consulting business, when I'm talking to a client that is sleep deprived, I always point them back to, well... If you're foggy and you have brain fog, when was the last time you got adequate sleep? Seven to nine hours. And so from there, it's just a matter of adopting bedtime rituals. I, for one, take a bath every night. I have it's, it's a whole vibe. Clarify. Let me clarify. She does not take a bath every night. We all, I hope, wash ourselves every night. We don't take a bath. She, I, I have I've traveled to see her. I've stayed with her. Um, and literally, you know, you can be communing in her living room and a time comes and she's like, I must. Okay? And then at that point, 
she she just twirls away into a room and music. She lights candles. I mean, this is every day. Okay, it is a, a, a thing. She when she when she is preparing for rest, she is literally preparing for rest. Okay. And I have teased her for the, about this for years, um, but she's actually someone who got me back into baths and and doing things that are more self care rituals. But I won't ruin it. the The bottom line is create a routine and create a routine. Yes, yes, yes. D- create your routine and work. Does do what works for you. Baths are my thing. But like and so to answer your second question, for folks who are busy. You can, you can, the bathroom usually is from what I understand, because I got people with kids that I love nearly, dearly, that's their time to escape sometimes. So if, if all you get is 30 minutes to take a bubble bath of uninterrupted time, that's your 30, that's your 30 minutes. So and for me, I also encourage folks to start small. So maybe start with a five minute midday unplug situation. Schedule it. We, we were talking about this before the show started. If you schedule something on your calendar, 99% of the time it's going to happen. So if you are intentional about scheduling a nap or a unplug to recharge session, start at five minutes and then the next week go to 10. And then what you'll find is over time, you're going to be addicted to it. Like you're like, oh, I got it. I'm sorry. I can't like it won't. Even, it'll be a non-negotiable for you. So when we think about all the random social and scrolling on social media that we do, if you right. set your screen timer on your phone and you see what you do on a daily basis, surely, surely you can find 30 minutes in the day to, to pour back into yourself and to. I call it practicing radical self-love because you got to put your oxygen mask on first before you can help anybody else. Yeah, that's awesome. And as we think about radical self-love, I think that's a great pivot for me to ask you a few final questions. One is that it is obviously Pride Month and um, you are a friend who came out, I don't know how many years it's been, um, but Decades. I to tell the epic story about how you came out originally, and I was like, that's it. Um, but, uh, but it was very dramatic, guys. Um, and we don't have a podcast story. It was so good. It was before it, videos was a thing. It was so good, and I had to wait until I got home because I couldn't open a text at work. But the point that, that the point of all of this is that it is Pride Month, and you have been such, you know, as a as a diversity, equity, and inclusion leader by by trade and, and HR, you've been such a right hand to me, um, being able to understand um, you know, that that particular community and really being able to just solve for things and being a safe place to to grow and learn. What um what would you say are has been your biggest lesson in in stepping in your most authentic self from a career perspective, but also owning this that that piece as well of who you are and how you show up both now as before I know it was a big journey for as an executive to to do that um and to really come out at work because you were already high in ranks before you had officially come out and then right. of course and now as an entrepreneur I imagine it's it's a new set of things so what there's got to be someone listening and this is Pride Month so what 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 are your thoughts? You know, this is such a, I love this question because for me, it was just a decision that I made, right? I I decided one day, and I think it was, it wasn't a force, but I was up for a nomination to sit on the, to to be a founding member for the Wachovia Bank. Most people probably don't even remember Wachovia, but Wachovia Mm -hmm. Bank Diversity Council. And, 
and on the application, it basically asked what my sexual orientation was because the whole goal was to create a safe environment for folks to be who they are at work. So they had to know who was going to be sitting on the council from a, a, a just from a knowledge standpoint, right? And so I called my big sister. Long story short, you know this, you know her. And and I said, they want me to come out at work and I'm scared that I'll be committing career suicide because I'm growing pretty, I'm getting promoted pretty at a rapid pace. I'm fast tracked. And I said, the people who are going to be making those decisions are in this, on this council. And she said, very frankly, well, if they don't want you based on your productivity and your performance, and this is the reason why you're going to be halted, you know, I don't want you to work for them anymore either. And in that moment, it's the, the switch, the, the lights came on, the switch went on. And I said, you know, you're right. And then the next the next meeting, I stepped out as who I was. I, I donated my closet that was full yeah. of women clothes. And I said, you know what? I'm not, I'm going to have one closet now. It's going to be all androgynous and stuff that makes me happy at the gym, at home and at work. And I made that decision. And I yes, think what the two you used to wear, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was it Michael Kors or, or Tory Burke? It was, long, it was, it was, it was. <laughs> and her feet, she got basketball feet, okay? And, <laughs> and okay, there is. But you're in a hat of every color. Woman you remember? Is so proud of the <laughs> donated, but man, okay? We were happy to get you in some shoes that made, that brought joy to your life. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, same here, same here. Oh, I love y'all. <laughs> and so, like the, so I would say the two things for anyone that's listening to this that really helped me, that propelled me to that point, is that I really three things. Number one, I didn't allow fear to paralyze me anymore, and I shifted my mindset with with fear, and I I adopted it as an ally. Like fear became my friend, therefore it allowed me to catapult myself into the next level. The second thing that I did, if I think about it, is I created tribal diversity because what I realized is that tribal diversity creates relationship currency. Yeah, tribal diversity creates relationship currency. And so what I mean by that is I did surround myself with people who looked like me, who came from where I came from. I literally surrounded myself with people from the complete opposite because I was able then to sit and learn, sit at their feet and learn from them and also recruit them as allies. That was a, that was huge, especially you're talking 20 something years ago. I mean, because we're talking, gosh, I was 25, 26, 41 now. And so that, you know, that was that that was a huge shift for me as well. And I'll say the last one was subscribing to my motto. And that motto is why duplicate mediocrity when you can borrow genius? Ooh. And that. Yeah. And that, you know, that came that came from realizing that I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. I didn't have to do all the things because I had mentors that I could borrow their genius and their wisdom so that I can navigate in a way, not just from a corporate standpoint. My mentors always talked to me about me. It wasn't about corporate, you know? So I was very intentional about who I asked to be my mentor because I need them to pour into me as a human being, not as a number on a balance sheet. You know yeah. what I mean? And because I was able to achieve those things, it allowed me to die empty, meaning that I'm very sure that if I still would be in a closet today, there'll be so many dreams unrealized that when I take my last breath, they will be in the funeral home where I am. And they'll 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 connect with other dreams of folks who were also in the funeral home. But now now I literally have committed to dying empty. It came from my homie, Michelle Ngome, because it's all in the world now because I right. have gotten out of my way. 
Yeah, I love the way that you capture this idea of like dying empty, right? Which is, and I think in this work, particularly the work that I'm doing, um, I've started to, with your blueprint as a friend of, of mine who's super authentic and you're big on like standing in your most authentic self is about me crafting like what is the impact for my life and storytelling and, and the things that I want to stand for and to be very clear and intentional about that. Um, and I think that's just, that's so important in every aspect of your life from, you know, your, your foundation to your work in wellness now and your work as, um, an executive, um, you know, everything that you've done, you've always done it very authentically. And, and that's just, you know, why I love you the absolute most, but I try to ask everyone sort of a, a bonus question. Um, and, you know, I think there are a lot of people who listen to this who have aspiring careers. And I try to bring people on who are either doing amazing work in DEI or have these amazing career storylines. And so um, let's what, what what advice would you give your younger self? So if you were talking Ooh. to, you know, 10 or 15 year old Kalia what advice would you have given yourself? Because I know there's a young person listening that wants to know or needs that message today. I would tell her, yo, invest in Amazon stocks. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it, it, it was Apple, but Amazon is the new Apple. Invest today, okay? Because if I invest, you would be filthy rich, but facts. Okay. Facts. So that's the first part. The second, the real part would be because this will also help within this will help make better decisions. I would tell her to protect her energy. And what I mean by that, meaning that I would tell Kalia O'Guillory to stop sharing her vision with people who simply don't have the capacity to understand mm -hmm. her greatness. Wow. Because that that when I figured that out my entire world shifted because then I didn't expect, I didn't look for the instant gratification from other people like, Oh, KG, that's such a great idea. Like you, people told me that bar wasn't a great idea, but I still did it because right. I still shared it with people that I knew loved me, but I still understood that that was my download. And so that download was, it was, it was created just for me. So I will get it. And I can't expect someone else to understand my download. And that that's the biggest thing I would say. Yeah. You got to that, protect that creative space. That is so, that is so true. Right. And I, and I've said this on social platforms. I've said it in other places, like the same people who in one season will doubt you will be the same people who will clap later and be like, I always knew you could do it, you know? So the vision is yours and yours alone to keep. And, and that is just like the, the best thing um, for us to end on. So before I let you go, because this was an amazing conversation, I want you to share a what's next and where can people find you and follow you? Absolutely. What's next? Big things are coming. Big things are coming. So you will, we plan our goal. Our intention is to, I mean, we're going to cure sleep deprivation one nap at a time. That means we need to be where sleepy people are. And sleepy people are at airports. They are at convention centers pretty soon in 2022. They're going to be at, you know, music music festivals. You know, so if you guys are planning to go to South by Southwest in 2022, come and check us out at Nat Bar. We'll be in the VIP Artist Lounge. That has been booked and confirmed. We'll be in hospitals, air, uh, I said airports, uh, corporations. I mean, we literally will be everywhere. Sporting venues, 
and we did a we did a, we were inside the bubble last year with the WNBA. So the goal is for us to be literally everywhere sleepy people are. And so and that's don't what's be surprised next. if y'all find me everywhere nap bar is with a nap bar shirt on <laughs> so that I can be in the building um in all these cool events. Okay. I might be a volunteer. <laughs> yeah, uh, listen, they are or there would there, perhaps there'll be something else that you'd be doing. I mean, I don't know, you know, like the universe shifts. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, hey. <laughs> uh, but where people can follow me personally, Kalia O'Gillery, you can follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, just really the easiest way. I'm sure it's going to be on my lower third there, Kalia O'Gillery. If you Google that name, I'm the only one in the world. All my handles should pop up. On Instagram, I'm at KOG Speaks, as well as Napbar. We're at Napbar HOU on Instagram. And then on actually at Natbar HOU across all social media platforms. That's on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, as well as IG. Awesome. Well, Kalia, I can't thank you enough for joining me on the Corporate Tea Podcast on this episode and just being not only an amazing friend, but um, really the blueprint for how um, to do a career well and also get rest. Um, and look, we saving people one nap at a time. That's what you said. So we want to see everybody napping after this goes out. Um, you, as you all know, you can find me at the corporate team on all social handles. And of course this podcast will play on all platforms that, that have podcasts. (laughs) So thank you guys uh, for having us and, um, we'll see you on the other side.